Hello from the ABA Annual Conference in San Francisco, California. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm Cynthia Swick. I'm chair of the American Bar Association section of Science and Technology Law. Hi, I'm Heather Dembert-Rafter. I'm a former chair of the ABA section of Science and Technology Law. And we're on the road with the Legal Talk Network. So thanks everybody for joining us today. We're gonna have a quick discussion here about a panel that concluded earlier today about GCs and tech. So we have our illustrious guests here, some moderators from that panel, and they're gonna tell us what happened today at, uh, at your panel. How was it? I think it was great. great. Um, Heather was the one who had the brilliant idea of organizing this uh, panel, and she got me involved because of my position as the current uh, chair of the section. And uh, we were able to arrange to have an all-star uh, panel address our audience. Um, we had uh, Sally Yu, the general counsel of um, Uber, Amy Fox, the assistant general counsel of Oculus, and also we had Amy Weaver, the uh, general counsel of Salesforce. Great. We were so excited to put this program together this year. This program has a long tradition, starting with someone, Ray Ocampo, uh, was one of the first to organize this on behalf of our section. And uh, maybe that was 10 or 15 years ago. We like to take the uh, general counsel of the top tech companies, emerging technologies, although some of the names you just heard were established. But the wonderful thing about the program this year is serendipitously, it was all women. Yeah. So we're very proud that the moderators, we both were, are active in our section, and the three panelists who are stellar were women as well. So we had a chance to talk about substantive issues as well as diversity in the profession. Well, let's just go down that and break it down that way. So what all was discussed as far as substantive issues in this field? Well, a couple of issues that are very important to the GCs include um, privacy and cyber security. So uh, they talked about the importance of those issues and how they handle those issues. And they also uh, indicated that with their jobs, there are new challenges all the time, and so they need to be prepared to handle things as they come. Yeah. Certainly, I've uh, gotten the alerts saying that people have tried to hack into my uh, Pokemon Go account, so I'm very familiar with the concerns that I'm sure everyone's facing. Right, and these were, this was an interesting array of general counsel because they collect all sorts of different types of data, so they address those questions. Uber, of course, is collecting a lot of data about where we all go, what we all do, Oculus is collecting data, and Salesforce, of course, in the business context, collecting tons of information. So they were all very thoughtful. They shared their policies with us, which are online as well. You can look under terms of use and privacy policies online. We can give you information afterwards where to find these, and it was terrific. They were great. And with uh, regard to diversity, we wanted to get their views on that in my year as chair of the section. That's been something that's been very important to me. Our section has had a lot of success, actually, with having diverse uh, members, which is great because uh, diversity is of particular concern in science and technology fields, and women have and minorities have traditionally not been well represented, and it's still a problem today. So it was um, wonderful to learn about how important 
uh, diversity issues are to all three of our panelists and how much their companies and they personally are doing today to address those issues. Also, some of the other topics they talked about is what do they look for in outside counsel, something a lot of people in our profession. I've been a general counsel, I've also outside counsel, and they talked about uh, how important it was to partner with outside counsel, know they're going to be responsive, very fast reaction time, know that outside counsel is really making them um, act as if they're part of the team, sharing the decision-making, responsiveness, diversity. What else, Cindy? Well, all of them did um, stress how important responsiveness is, and uh, they were specific and said that actually even you know, responding within an hour or less was something that impresses them. Even so, if it's just to say, we received your email, some of the outside counsel that on the panels get up very early before dawn and start answering emails and they want to know their outside counsel are going to give them, hey, we got your email and we're going to get back to you at X time. Yeah. The other thing I thought, Cindy, that was really interesting is they acknowledge that sometimes outside counsel make mistake and they've never terminate an outside counsel for the mistake, it's how they own up to it and whether they acknowledge it and find a way to solve it. And one other practical tip that they gave is um, it's not that useful to just uh, notify them that you have seen that their company has been sued. And what actually is useful to them is if you say you notice that their company has been sued, but then you give them some analysis of how you propose they handle that situation. And that's how you have the potential to get their attention and have you uh, considered to be hired for that matter. Yeah, you got to sample the product. I exactly, yeah. yes. They want thought. Yeah, that's a, that, I mean, it's a basic drug dealing 101. You got to <laughs> give them a sample first. And uh, understanding technology, since these were top tech general counsel, uh, they said, really how critical it is for everyone in their department, for they themselves and outside counsel to really understand the technology, not just to be great lawyers on the law, but they need you need to know the technology, how it works, anticipate um, future uses of the technology, and that was just critical to representing tech companies. Right, but I found it particularly interesting that they themselves don't necessarily have the strong science uh, yeah. background. And they did emphasize that it's very important that the people that they hire have the ability to communicate well and have strong interpersonal skills. So if they can find someone who has the technical knowledge and understanding but has those additional interpersonal communication skills, they said that such a person is considered to be golden. So I, I think that's right. a ray of light for uh, students out there who maybe don't have the uh, electrical engineering background but still want to go into a tech career that there is hope as long as they have adequate understanding. Right, and uh, it's, it was almost the analogy, they didn't use this, but I think it's equivalent to you don't have to be a musician, but you really have to appreciate the music. And each one of them talked about how they accepted these jobs as general counsel, left other opportunities because they were passionate about what their companies did. And they wanted to learn more, and they really believed in what these companies were doing and the technology of the companies and the purpose of these companies. So passion for what they did was something that really showed through in their presentations. Right. And one other point that really struck me with their presentations is when I asked them to give just general career advice to both attorneys as well as uh, students. And all three of them said the same thing. And that basically is you have to be willing to take risks. 
And that can be something that's hard for lawyers because typically lawyers go to law school because they're risk adverse. But in order really to progress with your career, you have to be, be willing to take that chance. For, for example, Sally Yu of Uber said she was at a law firm doing very well at the law firm when she got the offer to go to Uber where she would be employee number 102. It was just a very small company then. And it was difficult for her to know what to do. But she ended up deciding that she was going to take that risk because that opportunity might not ever come to her again. Mm. And of course, now with hindsight, she absolutely <laughs> made <Right>. the right <laughs> decision. But the, the other panelists said the same thing. You have to be willing to do that. These were just an extraordinary group of women. And at the very end, they also volunteered. After you heard how much they were doing, the size of the legal departments, the enormity of the issues they were dealing with on a daily basis, each of them also had children. So uh, two of them had three children, another one had two, and they also gave some tips on uh, how they juggle it, and it was just enjoy what you do. Everything is just integrated into their lives. They don't try to segregate stuff. What other tips did they give? Well, it takes some time also when when you can for physical exercise and uh, mindfulness you know, meditation. Outlets. One yes. talked about Yo- that. Yoga. Yep. So uh, just really wonderful panel. Yeah. No, it strikes me as though the there's a diversity problem throughout the legal profession, obviously, but it does seem as though the the in-house world is doing a much better job of it than even some law firms that. Yes, they talked about on the panel also in working with outside counsel, they would really identify minorities and women that they wanted to work with and they might not have necessarily for that specific matter they were looking for, subject matter expertise, but they would use them as what they called the relationship liaison or partner. Do you remember the terminology? Relationship partner. And uh, so they really made an effort of reaching out and signaling to these law firms, and all of them use a lot of different law firms, that diversity was important, and they really wanted their relationship partner to be someone who fit that profile in most cases. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Um, this seems like it was a terrific panel. I wish I could have been there. I was unfortunately recording more of these podcasts one after another. So I'm kind of getting the conference experience of hearing about all these panels immediately afterwards for the people. So this is this is great. So is there any way for people to be able to contact you if they hear this and have questions, comments, concerns? Yes, I am with the San Diego office of Jones Day where I'm a litigator and I've been litigating cases involving science and technology issues pretty much my whole career. I'm Heather Rafter, Heather Denver Rafter, and uh, they can reach me through my firm. Heather at Rafter Marsh is the name of the firm, raftermarsh.com. I work as a part-time general counsel to a lot of companies, and I was a GC before then. And uh, just look us up on LinkedIn or on the web, and there we are. Great. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you all for listening today. If you are listening to this and haven't subscribed, you should do that because that's a smart way of hearing all of these going forward. You should also rate us so that we get some boost and love from the iTunes algorithms, Uh, you know, the kind of science and tech thing that you're all talking about. Uh, And... With that, uh, we will talk to you soon with another one of these panels on the road with the Legal Talk Network. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. That's fine. I mean, you were right. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. 
Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank <laughs> you.